wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! And maybe because he's Swiss, I don't know, in terms of European style. I can take you to Suplex City tonight, bitch. Can you say the alphabet backwards? It's not funny and nobody likes you. This is Monday Night Raw! This fight's great! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. Welcome back, folks, to Wrestle Rant Radio here today for April 19th, 2016. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews. Another exciting week in the world of wrestling. Just Two days away, we will be filming WWEC Radio this upcoming Thursday. Don't worry, this upcoming Thursday afternoon. But that night, though, RJ and I are en route to Lowell, Mass. for NXT Live. His first NXT Live event, I was in NXT. I was in attendance for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn last August, which was not even arguably the single greatest wrestling show I've ever been to. So I can't wait for NXT on Thursday. We had Raw last night. Some news from over the weekend, and I'm not breaking it down alone. We got John Ritland from the Twitter at Reborn Again. He's coming back on the show for the first time in nearly nine months. We had him on the show, I think, back in July. So he's coming back here today to help me review Raw. But in the first portion of the show, we got an exclusive interview with that Nestlemania, Adam Nestle from the Twitter. Um, he's a good friend of mine. I've met him a few times at Alchemania in the past here in Beverly, Mass. In the last couple of years, professional wrestler, great dude. I had the chance to sit down for him uh, with him yesterday for an exclusive interview that I had to take for a class to talk about wrestling injuries, his career, um, his life outside of wrestling, how he's moved on from wrestling, his final match, and so on and so forth. So for those of you that are aspiring to become a professional wrestler, it might be a very valuable interview for you, uh, very valuable listening, so that is coming up momentarily. Then after that, like I said, the second half of the show will be dedicated to breaking down Raw from Monday night. So that being said, once again, Adam Nessel, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the interview. Just to get started here, so how did you start your wrestling career? Uh, well, uh, in my last year of college, mm-hmm. uh, in the summertime, I decided with two, be- two of my best friends that we were going to go up and train, uh, become a professional wrestler in the state of New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. We went to uh, a place, uh, it's not really like a, how do you say, it's not really like a wrestling school. They called it more of a workout gym, that way they had the reservation to kick you out if they didn't like you. But it was basically a wrestling gym and, and uh, it was headed up by Maverick Wild. He's had some uh, enhancement matches with WWE and stuff like that. So in 2007, the three of us went up. I did about three or four uh, months of training, and then I kind of petered out because my uh, last year's uh, senior kind of was more important than wrestling at that point. So it, ha- it started out that way, and then it kind of trickled into a bunch of different avenues. So what would you say was the deciding moment in your childhood, teenage years, whatever, that you wanted to, that I knew that I wanted to get into wrestling? Uh, whew, that's a good question. Uh, I would probably say somewhere in the Attitude Era, I think watching all that stuff just got everybody kind of into the entire thing. And I think uh, it was really big when I was around the age of about 13, 14. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were doing backyard wrestling. Yeah, that was and it was, huge. And that was then. huge. And, and so, like, you know, I, I wasn't the person that was doing, you know, putting people through tables and thumbtacks <laughs> and all that crazy stuff. I went yeah. to the other side of trying to be more entertainment value and all that stuff. But... Uh, that kind of made it one of those things where I was like, okay, every week me and my friends are going to somebody's house 
and we're wrestling in this backyard and we're transforming our backyard into, you know, Madison Square Garden or something like that and mm. just beating the holy crap out of each other. And I think that kind of every, it was like a, it was almost like conditioning to every week we did it and I, you know, I stopped doing sports and all that stuff. So it was kind of just like the thing to look forward to in the week and the week and it just, it literally kept going from when I was probably in eighth grade all the way to about right up until I started wrestling school. So it was a good chunk of my life and then we decided, okay, we're all going to try to do this real, for real this time, so. So when you were doing the backyard wrestling, are injuries ever on your mind? Like, if I do this, I might get hurt? Or was that, like, the last thing you were thinking about at that point in time? Probably the last thing. I mean, you're, when you're a young kid, you're stupid, you feel invincible. I mean, I was jumping off sheds. You know, I remember one spot specifically. We rigged a ladder match. My brother was up 15 feet in the air. And we did the spot where we pulled the ladder out, and he's holding in. The, he's up 15, you know, on a branch. And just ran off this, you know, and speared him and went through. I mean, you do things when you're younger that you don't know are going to hurt you later. I mean, I've been choke slammed on chairs. I've been body slammed on the ground. It's, you know, cement, everything you can think of. It's, it was stupid, but I wasn't, I, I did have a, uh, a line that I drew. I, I wasn't going to do the barbed wire or, or, you know, the flames and stuff like that, but it was, it was nuts. But you don't, you don't think about those things. So when they first tell you, when you first get into wrestling, they say, okay, you're going to take a chokeslam out of a chair tonight. What's like your immediate reaction to that? Like, I don't want to do that, or I feel like I'm going to get screwed up, or... I, honestly, I don't think I even... I think one of my friends just said, uh, just what do you think of this? And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And I'd never done it, and if I had thought about it, I probably... I think the best part about something like this is if you think about it, you kind of second-guess yourself you're going to get injured. But if you just kind of go with it mm-hmm. and realize, okay, all i got to do is hit the center of this, and I'll be fine, and... It hurt. Made a great sound, <laughs> uh, but you know, it, you just kind of roll with it. And if, if you're hurt, you just stop. If you if if you're fine, you keep going. So compared to 10, 15 years ago, when you first started getting into wrestling, what would you see? What would you say? Or how, what have you seen? Are the biggest differences uh, differences in people getting into wrestling? Like in terms of, should you go to a wrestling school first, or should you experiment with backyard wrestling and kind of get into yourself like mm-hmm. kind of the same way the Hardy Boys did? Right. What would you say are the biggest differences between now and then? Well, I can tell you going to a, a actual professional wrestling school, if you tell them you're a backyard wrestler, they beat the crap out of you. Really? So you don't do that. You mm-hmm. don't, you, you know, and if you pick up something along the way, you don't tell them that because... Bad habits, yeah. Bad, yeah, exactly. And they're going to think, oh, here's this idiot who has no idea what's going on. He's going to try to jump off the top rope in the first second of the match, you know. <laughs> and so when I did it, I kind of was, I didn't say, you know, mum's the word. I said I knew absolutely nothing. That way, when I did something correctly, they were surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did that, but I, I, I tell everybody, whether it's I, I meet you for the first time or I've seen you in the ring or whatever, I, I work with some people now. Uh, that are doing a, a different project, and they're kind of some of them are trained, some of them are not. And I tell them if I teach you something, and you go to a wrestling school, don't ever tell them that I taught you that. Mm-hmm. Just you'll you'll make more friends by telling them you've never done backyard wrestling in your life, and I, you shouldn't be ashamed of it. It's just one of those things that wrestling is a very closed uh, closed door kind of thing. They don't let everybody in, and uh, they like to protect it, and so they want to know that you're in for the long haul. Um, I mean, you know, later on in life, you can maybe go, yeah. But I did yeah. that kind of stuff. But right away, uh, they look down upon it. So you kind of want to just, you either want to do one or the other or just kind of progress quietly until you get to a point where you realize, this is what I want to do. Okay, I'm going to not tell anybody I did that other stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be branded a certain way from the get-go. Exactly. It's hard because, uh, especially when you're new, because uh, I can tell you my first night when I went to wrestling school, it was 
I remember it very vividly because I was scared like you wouldn't believe. I'm yeah. only 5'9 and 145 pounds. I walk in the door and I just look up into this giant ring and I see this guy and I'm, his name, his wrestling name is Tarzan. So that paints a picture. <laughs> yeah. And he looks down at me, doesn't shake my hand, looks down at me and says, literally said to me, I'm going to have fun with you tonight. And I felt like this was like prison. <laughs> like I'm going to get like beat up and like whatever. It was a really odd experience to be a part of. What happened from there? Did he, did he beat the crap out of you? Uh, he or were you like, he it wasn't did. as bad as I no, thought it was. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought. It was a whole preconceived notion. I mean, I can get into this long, long story. But basically what happened was the people, the people that I went with, uh, one of the guys that I went with had kind of a history of being a heat magnet. Mm-hmm. A heat magnet, I'm sure you know what it is, but for other people, the heat magnet is just somebody that no matter where they are, they you know seem to get people pissed off and seem to say the wrong thing. Or As a character he, or as a person? As a person. Okay, I was going like, to say. As that. a person. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, as a person. He was just, wherever he walked into a room, people just didn't like him. But yeah. they didn't, But they, they just didn't know out of the three of us who was who. Uh, so one of the first couple of drills they taught us was how to bump when, you know, land properly and stuff like that. So instead of just clotheslining you or hitting you, they decided, okay, cause we're newbies, they're going to slap you as hard as they possibly can. And they didn't know who it was. And they eventually found out who it was, but they thought I was him. So they decided to take it out on me. And they, one guy, I remember he was like 300 pounds and he just slapped me in the chest as hard as he could. It sounded like a shotgun going off. And I remember, I remember cause I just know from people that are telling me if they do this to you, get up, act like it doesn't happen, and then just roll out and go to the next the next thing. And so I got hit and I felt it because I was like, this is a big, large man and he's gonna hit me. And it hurt, it hurt real bad. And I look, and I just kept, and I hit, I bumped, I rolled out and I just got back in line and I'm sitting there going, mother, this hurts <laughs> so bad. Uh, and I rolled out and uh, people came up to me and asked me, oh, does that hurt, does that hurt, does that hurt? And I just went, what hurts? And by that moment, I earned just a little bit of respect from them. And then later on in the night, people kept trying to pull up my shirt and try to see this ginormous <laughs> hand mark on my chest. It was bad. Like, I think he hit, he, he might have broken the skin enough for it to maybe just, just bleed a little. Um, and I think at the end of the night, the guy came up to me and he said, you know, I will always remember you now because you took it and now we like you. But it, I mean, it, the handprint was there for like maybe two, three days. It was, it was vicious. So... That's how you get respect in the rest of Yeah, that's business. how you get respect. So it was it was weird. Like I said, it's not like a normal thing. It's a very different atmosphere from joining a club, joining a team. It's very protected. So what would you say, was it either in wrestling school or when you first started wrestling professionally that uh, you suffered your first wrestling injury? Well, it's kind of murky because uh, what happened for me is that I... I did the three or four months of wrestling training. They were trying to gear me up to say, okay, we're going to start building a gimmick for you. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And so I got to a point where I was getting a 40-hour-a-week internship. I had to do school. I have that, you know, all the, you know, understand it. And yeah, Endicott, yeah. there's all this stuff you've got to do plus everything else. And I was like, I love wrestling, but I need to have a career first if I really want to do something like that. So in the meantime, I kind of pulled back and said, hey, I'm going to stop for a while, focus on my career. And then uh, what ended up happening is I got the opportunity, my friends who came with me, knew enough. One of them started just being a wrestler in 2007 and started working the circuit and everything like that. And we just found a bunch of people that we were friends with and we created our own, our own web show, Project Zero Wrestling. I think you've probably seen some of the videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we did that web show and so that kind of just started from there. And uh, it was, it just, we did that for so long and people got, uh, you know, picked, handpicked to work different events and stuff like that. And then eventually 
Elkmania came uh, in my hands, and they said, hey, do you want to wrestle? And I was like, yeah, I want to do this before I can't do it anymore. So it was just doing something in your own way for long enough before getting picked out and saying, yeah, let's do this. So what would you say, I mean, like I said earlier, like the biggest differences between getting into wrestling 15 years ago as compared to today, especially with guys like Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, I mean, all the Ring of Honor guys in WWE currently, what would you say is the current perception of someone that's smaller? Like, do you think smaller wrestlers have a bigger chance of succeeding now than they did even 10 years ago? Yeah, absolutely. I think that if you look at the landscape 15 years ago, they want the big dudes. They want the, the under the giants. They want, you know, somebody that looks like something you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, uh, with the guys that you said, it's more athleticism. And I think that's kind of where the world's tran- you know, transitioning from is we're getting away from what we know and now we're seeing, okay, these people are super athletic, can do things because I think in a way it's the same, but it's different. When you go to when you you know, when you go to wrestling, you want to see something you've never seen before. You want to see somebody that's seven feet tall, you want to see a dude that's five hundred pounds that can do something cool. But now you're seeing it differently, but also the same where you're seeing someone do, you know, the way that Seth Rollins moves around and does all those crazy moves. I can't do that. You know, the normal person can't do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so if you you're still getting that wow factor. You're just getting it upped a little bit because these people are, you know, doing all these moves. And I think now that all these guys are, you know, a little bit smaller and they move quicker, it's going to open up all these doors. I mean, if you look at the Global Cruiserweight Series that's coming up, there's mm-hmm. going to be a bunch of, you know, a bunch of people in that. And I think that's going to open up a lot of doors for a lot of little guys. And I think before you know it, there's going to be a lot of special people probably around 5'9", five, 5'10", five, you know, 6 feet. Yeah, that perception has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, even in the last, like, five years, I would say, yeah. too, you know, especially compared to, like, 07 and stuff when you first started getting into wrestling. Yeah. Um, but also on that note, too, kind of progressing into, like you mentioned, Project Zero Wrestling, Alchemania. Has there ever been a show that you were doing, uh, like, in front of a live audience, not in, like, wrestling school training or something, where you have suffered an injury, even something super small, like you thought you were concussed and you weren't, or, I don't know, something minor even, where you suffered it during the match in front of this, you know, audience, mm-hmm. and you your first in, in, you know your first instinct was either to continue the match mm-hmm. or to stop and see what it is. Or has that ever happened to you over the course of your career? Uh, the only thing I can tell you is that uh, I haven't worked in front of a large crowd like any anything like Alchemania in a really like just in a long time. Project Joe Wrestling is kind of like the only thing that kind of was the constant throughout everything, and uh, that was probably just a couple handful of people. But the only thing that I could tell you is. During Project Zero Wrestling, I did get hit really hard. Uh, it's probably the reason why I stopped wrestling, because I stopped wrestling uh, from, I think, 2010 to 2012. Just mm-hmm. kind of stopped because I hurt my back real bad. Uh, it was a number of different things. I, I have a style that's very you know high-flying, yeah. just crazy and stupid kind of <laughs> stuff that I do. And I remember being in a match with my, with my friend, and he hit me with a chair so hard that I was like, ooh, that doesn't feel good. And then I just kept going, and I was like, oh, this still doesn't feel right. And I woke up the next morning, and uh, I had this shooting pain going down my leg. And I was like, oh, this is this is not good. So I told one of the guys, I was like, listen, I can't do this for a while or anymore at all. And I had to just – I think at that time I was I was doing something important, and they were like, oh, man, we have X, Y, Z we want to do with you. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And so I kind of just had to – and it sucks bowing out because that injury was severe. I still deal with it to this day. Um that's why Elkmania was very special to me because uh, it was one of those things. I never really got to wrestle in a volume of that much, mm-hmm. 200 plus people. And it meant a lot to me to be able to do it and do it well. So um, the injuries are real. 
And that back injury is very, very real and still lingering to this day. I mean, you suffer something like that. And of course, it's like, oh, I can't. At that point, I mean, of course, your first instinct is like, I can't wrestle for a few shows or whatever. Right. I can't take bookings or whatever. Or it takes two years off your wrestling career. But at the same time, I mean, it suffers. I mean, it also impacts the personal side of your life, mm-hmm. like the other job, your family and friends and stuff. Sure. So kind of talk about the little impact, or not the little impact, but the impact that it had on that side of your life, too. Sure. Uh, it was weird. I know that uh, from a family standpoint, my parents were just like, what are you doing? Don't do this kind of stuff. And uh, it's harder because I feel like from a parent's point of view, they're going to be like, oh, I don't want my baby to get hurt, et cetera. And Safety I, first. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so it just sucks because, you know, it's something that I love and, it, you know, it hurt for such a long time. And I mean, I had to go to, I, didn't, I never had surgery or anything like that. I was very lucky. Um, I'm probably paying for it now. Um, but just... Over time, people telling me, hey, you're getting older when you cut that crap out or when are you going to learn to grow up and all that stuff. So it, it affected relationships because people didn't realize how passionate I was about it and mm-hmm. how much it meant to me. And I mean, I, I can talk about this for hours. This is something that I love. And so uh, it's just hard because, you know, you find relationships that don't work out because they don't understand why this is important to you. You, you know, you, you, you lose friendships, you, you get problems with your parents because they want you to stop and it's just it did affect me in a way uh with my relationships because it was people telling me no 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 but you gotta just let me do my thing and that was kind of the hardest part but the everyday walking running was kind of hard for a while too uh i couldn't you know go work out for a while and do all that stuff but once you know as you start doing physical therapy for your back and stuff like that then you realize okay i can do all this stuff now and now I just have a regiment every day. Like I just do yoga, DDP yoga every day. DDP yoga. Yeah. So, great. Cheap yeah, plug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I do that every day just to uh, make sure that i am got the flexibility back. And so that way, if the if I ever feel like wrestling ever again, I'm, I'm to a point now where I feel like I did the Elkmania thing. This kind of an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. And I may or may not, depending on how I feel anymore, because uh, I've got a career, and, and a professional career of doing something else. <laughs> And uh, I kind of want to focus on that. I recently got married too, so I want to. I have a wife that I have to think about too, and I don't <laughs> want her to push her husband in a wheelchair for the rest of her life. So uh, there's a lot of different factors. So is it something that people just get? Like, oh, I get that you're passionate about it, or they don't get it. Is it like a matter of they get it or they don't get it, or is there something they could do to show them that no, this is like something I'm really passionate about? It's a tough question because I. It depends on the situation and the, and the person. I feel like a lot of people are going to look at wrestling and go. Psh, it's wrestling, and they yeah. think that, and they already have a preconceived notion of you're a degenerate or you're just this weird person who likes this carnival-like, you know, thing. Um, and people can, you know, feel that way about it, but it's hard to change somebody else's perception. My my goal, more often than not, is to have a conversation with somebody, and by the end of that conversation, either respect wrestling or maybe turn you into a fan because it's it's unlike anything else, and I feel like it's a it's an art form that nobody else can even come close to. So it is tough because they can't really show me uh, something unless they love it themselves, I guess. And if yeah. they start liking it, um, like for instance at work, I work at a, I work at a place for uh, Comcast Sportsnet and they all knew I loved wrestling. And I'm, so a lot of them were closet wrestling fans and then I show up and every Monday night I got the TV on while I'm working <laughs> and I'm you know, yelling and screaming at the TV because I love Monday Night Raw and that's what I want to watch. I mean, I'm supposed to be watching the Celtics game and I flip back and forth because it's my job. But that's my built-in thing. Like, I can't go a Monday night without watching Raw. And so, slowly but surely, people were were poking their head in and 
And nowadays they tell me at work, you know, I changed the culture at work because now I got six, seven guys with the TV screen on yelling and screaming about wrestling instead of doing our job. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's important, but I think wrestling is an individual experience. I think that if it speaks to you, uh, you're a fan for a very long time. And if, if it doesn't speak to you, I think if you just respect it, it'll be fine. I think that should be like not the primary goal, but I think that's something that many people don't realize and mm-hmm. kind of changing the culture and stuff like that too. Me and my buddy, we run a wrestling podcast here on campus and we wear like wrestling shirts around campus like all the time. And we started to notice other people doing the same thing mm-hmm. because we kind of started that trend. So kind of opening the culture to wrestling and stuff like that, kind of saying it's okay to watch wrestling despite your age, gender, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I think people don't really realize that side of it. Um, but also at the same time, going back to the back injury that you suffered mm-hmm. at the time that you suffered it, 2010, you said 2012. I think something like that. I can't remember sp- precisely. But many years ago. At this yeah, point, it was man. it was enough at this point. Yeah. So back at that point, how would that affect your other job they had at that point? It's like I can't go into work today because I just got injured wrestling. And how do people react to that kind of thing? To be honest, I did not tell my boss I got injured. I sucked it up, went to work, and and nobody knew about it. Uh, I don't have the luxury of being like, oh, I'm going to take a sick day or a vacation day. It was just like, dude, you just got to get up and go do it. And it hurt for a really long time and you suck it up and you, you go and do your job. So uh, you kind of hide injuries. You kind of hide different things and you don't tell people because, you know, you got to be tough. You just got to keep on going. So people, it's hard because people think, oh, it's wrestling. It's fake, you know. But the real, the real word, I, word I like to use is predetermined because, yes, it's it's a spectacle, but – it's still athleticism, and you still get hurt every time. And, and I, I challenge anybody to get into a wrestling ring and take a bump and then not wake up the next morning and feel like you've been put through a grinder. It, it hurts an awful lot. So. Predetermined, scripted, yeah. real. I mean, it's as yeah. real as it gets, exactly. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah. injuries are the proof of that, you right. know? So in the end, final question, when your wrestling career – so it's pretty much wrapped up this point. You wrestled your final match at El Camino in yeah. September? Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, I've told them that right now I don't really do anything except if I do anything, it'll be El Camino just because I like the, the cause. I like the, the atmosphere. I get to do different things with a lot of cool people. And uh, if I do it, I'm sure I'll have my, my spot available to me if I want it to. Um, it was just more of a culmination of a lot of different things that I wanted to end on and – People keep asking me, hey, you know, so, you know, in September, what are you feeling like? Um, you know, you never say never, but uh, we'll see what happens. Can't pull a Terry Funk and retire like every six months. Exactly. You know? yeah, <laughs> i got to yeah, leave yeah. that door open if yeah. it happens. Yeah. So what did that match mean to you in wrestling in the tournament, in the finals of the tournament? Yeah. Your final match, two-day, you got married before or right after that? Around that time? It was, I, th- I want to say it was two or three weeks before I got married. And my, she was in the crowd. And I remember, you know, she, because that's... Part, obviously, one of the many reasons I love her, but she, you know, she looked at me and she's like, "Listen, I know you. This is important to you. I know you want to do it, and it meant the world to me." And so, like, her parents showed up, her family, my family, and uh, it was important just to do it because it was. You know, I was scared too because I'm like sitting here going, "Okay, I can't really get too injured because I got to walk down an aisle in a couple weeks." I was just about to say, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, I go balls to the wall anyway, but uh, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, "Oh God, if I make a wrong move, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn and I'm gonna see her cringe." Because she's seen me do it before, but she's very low-key and realizes I've got it mostly under control. Um, but it was, it was a very important day for me because, uh, like I said, I stopped for such a long time and kind of tried to work out, tried to get in, in the best shape of my life and tried to do something to prove to these people that were like, oh, I don't know if Adam can do this anymore. He's mm-hmm. kind of getting old. He's, he's hurt and stuff like that. And so I went out there with a chip on my shoulder and said, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right. I'm going to do it my way. And... Uh, it was very cool to walk out. I mean, I had no idea because I was downstairs. I had no idea the amount of people that were there. 
I was shocked. I was like, geez. So when you walked up for the first time, that's when you found out that yeah, was so many people were there. Yeah, I had no idea. I mean, we heard, we know that it would it have done well, yeah. but then when we looked, and I'm like, I'm ca- and someone told me the tickets was like two fifty, and I was like, for people that like, and to be honest, like nobody knows who I am. You know what I mean? <laughs> like these are like pockets of people that either saw a poster or whatever. But it was a lot of people that yeah. just wanted to enjoy wrestling. So it it just made me fired up. I was like, all right, well now this is like, this is a big deal. So you got to go out there and do something cool. So. So when you end your career, would you say, um, I think back to when Edge retired about mm. almost exactly five years ago at this point, through all the neck injuries he had and stuff like that, he said it was worth it all. Would mm. you say at the end of your career, with the back injury and everything else you've gone through over the course of your wrestling career, if you do not wrestle ever again, would you say all the injuries and what, whatever else you've experienced throughout mm. your career was worth it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it gives you, it's hard to, to pinpoint exactly why it was worth it. But I, I, I like to think that, and this kind of trails off into why you see a lot of old people still wrestling. When you come through that curtain and you get booze or you get cheers, it is unlike any feeling because it's an individual thing and they're responding to just you. And so I love getting booed. I love it. Great you know, heel at Alchemania. Uh, oh, thank you. Nestle, <laughs> Wrestle, no, no, no. Well, it was Nestlemania. Nestlemania, yeah. because yeah, it's not Alchemania, but it's Nestlemania. <laughs> and, uh, and the that, Nestle Crunch, of course. Yeah, too. exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that was really cool. That was a whole combination of pushing and pushing and pushing. Just say, let me do this thing. Let me do it my way. Um, but you can't. If I, if I could bottle up that feeling of coming through a curtain and getting that reaction, uh, that's why people keep doing it. You know it's a drug. I mean? it's a, it is. It's an absolute addiction. And, and if I can get out without killing myself, I'd be very happy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because these guys are going to keep going and going and going until they just probably kill themselves in the middle of the ring because they just want that. They want that. You know, that's their thing. Mm-hmm. That's their drug. So, uh, yeah. If I can get out without hurting myself anymore, I'd, I'd be happy. <laughs> And real last question here. I just yeah. thought of this after you mentioned yeah, okay. it, but uh, creative, you know, creative control with your character, mm-hmm. with everything that you do. How much does that mean to you? I mean, obviously, like you said, you had some creative control over what you were able to do in your last match. Right. Um, does that make the experience of wrestling that much more fun? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like if you, if you don't have creative control over your character when you're first starting out, sure. does it really matter? Or like, what what does that mean to you? It means a lot. Uh, I know that I was. You know, it, it helps that your best friend is helping book your match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, he gets to say what goes and what doesn't. And if I whisper in his ear, hey, I'd really like to do this, he's going to go, Adam's doing this tonight, folks. Uh, <laughs> uh, just because he knew how important it was for me. And it was one of those things that meant a lot. And so it's important because uh, I'll be the first person to tell you, this is something that I eat, breathe, sleep. I do it. And I love it, and I talk about it all day long. I know more about this than I do about breathing. You know what I mean? Like, I just love this stuff. Um, not, not, not to say that my opinion's the end-all, be-all. Uh, I like working with people when it comes to creative stuff. Uh, but I knew what I wanted to do that night. I wanted to be different. And I knew that the minute that that banner came across, the Elkmania banner as Nestlemania, and my name was on the back, those, those people would remember my name. And that's going to be hard to do considering they don't know who I am. They don't know what I'm about. And I've got three minutes to get you engaged. And then after that, you're going to be looking at your cell phone. It's hard to do. And so I was sitting there going, what can I do to be different? And so I did the money gag. I did the banners. I, you know, I tried to be as stupid as I possibly could. You know, I had guys flipping me off, telling me they were going to find me in the parking lot and beat me up later. I mean, it, it happens, you know. It's, it's, 
It's important because I felt like I knew what I wanted to do, and if I did it my way, uh, it would it would be more beneficial because I feel like it would get people into the match. And so I, I, I don't want to pat myself on the back or anything, but I, I watched the videotape. I watched all the matches previously, and then once my actual match happened, because the first match was kind of just like a payoff thing, but I feel like it kind of kick-started the rest of the, the night into a different gear because the, the other matches were kind of just like, eh, you know. So, so you don't have to say it, but I will. I thought it was great. It, was definitely, it did, <laughs> definitely did kick off the evening on a yeah, high note, yeah. so I was like, that's great. Because yeah. I didn't talk to you before that. I mean, I already met you before yeah. that, but I talked to you later on the show. I'm like, this guy's a money heel. Vince, get on this. Give him a call. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was great. But yeah. I think the key there is just making a lot with very little. Sure. Like like you said, with three minutes, like that's not a lot of time to go out there and have like a five-star classic, you right. know? But even character development and stuff, getting people to remember you. I think that's absolutely the key there with a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, but thanks for your time. I appreciate it, dude. No problem. Anytime. Hey, Graham. Hey, John. How you doing? Oh, doing. Just sitting on the back porch enjoying about 80 degrees at 9.30 a.m. <laughs> Sounds like a fun time. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I mean, I shouldn't complain because I know your guys' weather over there is a little crazy. Yeah, it's been a little crazy. I mean, it's like 50 today, so can't complain. Yeah, well, I mean, at least no more snow, hopefully. Exactly. Well, I can't even say that much, because I think it was like a week or two ago. We literally, it was right after WrestleMania. We got snow up here. It was ridiculous. Well, yeah, it's like, I mean, I think there, from like there to like New Jersey, and I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> I mean, my my state's crazy. It's like, it, it's gotten so humid here. It's, it's insane. It's ridiculous. The weather is almost as unpredictable as WWE's booking sometimes. Not in the good way. Either. Yeah. Oh, God. The booking. Oh, God. You know what? <laughs> Mother Nature and WWE creative must be one and the same now, I swear. I think so. <laughs> I don't want to say Vince is Mother Nature, but I think there's a lot of similarities there. I mean, yeah. Well, maybe Vince Maybe Vince books for Mother Nature. Maybe that's the deal. I think it's definitely maybe. possible. That 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 could be it. You know what I mean? The, the man wants to reverse the aging process. He hates the fact that he's 70, but it's like... Oh, you know, that's actually my thing that I wanted to start in on. Vince, Vince always, back when he did the territory days, you know, when he absorbed all the territories, mm-hmm. I think he, I, I think he hates the fact that now he was the visionary in 84, you know, 83, 84, when he bought the company from his dad. Mm-hmm. And now he, he, he had a better work ethic, and he still does, don't get me wrong. But now he's upset that he's <clears throat> the old-time promoter, and there's these other companies. I'm not saying they're going to. There's no other company that's going to take over WWE unless they fall on their face. But there's all these other companies that have better ideas. Hell, his own son-in-law is booking mm-hmm. NXT with better talent and better ideas and more old school. And Vince is probably frustrated. Mm-hmm. He's probably frustrated his own uh, problems. Yeah, even I, though he's I just, mean, like you said, I feel stubborn. like there's a lot of threats out there with the potential. I mean, you have, I mean, Lucha Underground really isn't a promotion per se because it's more of a television show because they don't tour or anything. But I definitely yeah. see what you mean. But I think the biggest threat that he faces is his own son. Like, I think with NXT, it's the greatest thing that's going on in wrestling right now. And kind of tying that back One to all last night, I mean, how does that kind of tie into your current thoughts on the, on the, on the latest WWE product? I mean that. See, that was my thing. Is like I almost I I've had this show written down for a while, and I mean I've discussed this with other people, you and <clears throat> Jared, you know, at JJF tweets, and a bunch of other people. As great as NXT is, I mean, okay, grand week to week, it's not always great. There are some episodes where it's just squash matches, or it's you know recaps, yeah, and course, yeah. like it has been, it has been around Mania. My issue is NXT. I mean, yeah, not every star that comes from NXT 
is going to be a star. I mean, you said about the Vaudevilles. I'm a fan of them, but I admit that gimmick will not be over for long. Mm-hmm. They're good workers. They're really good workers. Absolutely. But there's no way, there's no way that the gimmick's going to be over. No, especially <laughs> at this point in time. And, I mean, like you said, I like the Vaudevillains. I was there when they won the tag team yeah. titles in Brooklyn. They're a great... They're great wrestlers. They're both really, really good, specifically Aiden English. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, I know their match took place in, like, the latter half of the show last night, but the crowd sat in their hands. And, I mean, that's and if it's England, that's, too, you know, I mean, if it's the post, not post-WrestleMania, but if it's one of those rowdy crowds and they're not really receptive to the gimmick, that's how you know it's not really going to get over, in my opinion. Well, especially the U.K. I mean, yes. now, I mean, but to be fair, though, I, they were wrestling the Usos, and the Usos have not. I mean, the Usos are talented, but they're basically Vince trying to be make a Samoan Young Bucks, yep. and with throwing about ten thousand super kicks, mm-hmm. they would have Steve Carino going nuts. <laughs> the Usos have not been interesting for months, mm-hmm. if not a year. <laughs> Probably, I would argue. I mean, ever since they came back, even before that. I mean, even before. I think it might have been right after they lost the tag team titles to Kid and Cesaro. I mean, they really haven't been that interesting. I mean, I think the fact, too, and I'll ask you this, because we'll kind of tie into that. I mean, there's, there really wasn't much to talk about in Raw last night. A lot of it was just kind of filler before the go-home show last week, or next week, rather. Um, but I think one of the right. best talking points going into, or coming out of last night's Raw, rather, was the fact that Anderson and Gallo sided with, or seemingly, AJ Styles, and you have the Usos with Roman Reigns. Do you think the fact that the Usos are constantly associated with Roman Reigns is kind of hurting their popularity in the eyes of the fans? I think, it, you could, yes, I think you could also go back to when the Usos were teaming with Cena, you know, helping out Cena at times. Yep. That didn't help them, <clears throat> because not that Cena isn't the guy, isn't a great, I mean, you know, maybe he's not going to be the guy for much longer, only because injuries and maybe he wants to move on at some point. I know he's dedicated to WWE, but I know he probably hasn't been cleared yet to wrestle, but still, why have him come out at Mania? And he looked shriveled up. Now, I know that could have been because he hasn't been able to work out as religiously, but I don't know if you noticed, he looked like he dropped about 35 pounds. No, I didn't notice that at all. Oh, you didn't notice that? Oh, okay. No. Maybe it was just me. Maybe it's just me. Well, maybe, maybe it's right. just me. I, I wasn't paying too much attention. I was sending my ho- I was sending my phone the entire time. The segment sucks, so. <laughs> oh, no. It was four. I mean, I'm just like, okay, Eric Rowan, face star. I mean, Rowan is never going to be more than a mid-card star. I mean, hell, even if he was in the Attitude Era, he'd be a one-time European champion. Yeah. But the guy's got size and can cut a decent promo. He did during his face run. Yeah. And... And he gets beat by The Rock. I'm like, okay, that's how we're going to get around The Rock not being able to wrestle. He'll hit one move. Yeah, really. I mean that. I mean, I'm going. I'm going old school here, but that gimmick should, or that record should belong to King Kong Bundy when he beat SD Jones at WrestleMania One. I'm like, Rock. I love Rock. <clears throat> Rock should have not wrestled at WrestleMania 29. Twice in a lifetime was not what we needed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back. I mean, we're going back a few weeks here to WrestleMania, but I think. In a nutshell, I enjoyed the show in the whole, but it was all about making moments when you really think about it. They're trying to set the attendance record. They're trying to set, you know, longest pretty much show of all time, longest WrestleMania ever, long or shortest match in WrestleMania history. It was all more about moments like Stone Cold coming out and returns and whatever. Like you said, John Cena. Like, why have him come out at all for a moment? You know, it really wasn't to set anything long-term, and I think Raw kind of did that a lot better than WrestleMania did. See, and that was my thing, and also a, fr- a couple friends of mine pointed this out, especially one friend in Texas who wasn't at Mania because he couldn't afford it, <laughs> but he said, I know what they're trying to do. 
Mm-hmm. They're trying to, and he said this two hours in, he said they're trying to make the show long and exhaust the crowd so they wouldn't boo Reigns, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And I want to make this clear about Reigns. I mean, this is about mania. This is where my sticking point is with Reigns. One, I, I don't I don't hate the individual. The guy has come across as a bit of a prick in interviews at times. But to be fair, he has had his family targeted, and he's been targeted on social media, which is wrong. Don't say you want to kill the guy. And I'm not saying you, but just some people. <laughs> That's ridiculous. He's playing a character. I may not like the guy's character much. He's better as a silent assassin, but my main issue, he, he, he seems bored on the mic. Now, to be fair, he is being creatively stifled. He's not doing the tater tots or shriveled up grapes thing anymore, at least. So there's that. He's not going for food stuff. But it's like, like you said on your GSM video like yesterday, um, the I'm not a good guy, a bad guy, I'm not a good guy, I'm the guy. No, Reigns, you're not a good promo guy. There, there's a difference. I mean, you're just not. Yeah. <laughs> and, but another sticking point. To me, this is where I, I don't, I'm sure you've heard this, and I don't, I don't know if you can speak on it, but People have compared Reigns to Luger, and I see where they're coming from it. I can see that. I see where they're coming. I can see that, yeah. Yeah. Because Luger came from football. Now, Luger came from a different era of football because he was playing in the USFL, which was the competition league uh, for the NFL for a little bit, (laughs) until the owners went nuts and tried to compete with the NFL. But then he went to the NFL. That didn't work. I think he had an injury. I think it was a, I think it was a motorcycle accident he had where he had the metal plate in his forearm and he couldn't play football anymore. Mm-hmm. Which I never quite under, which I never quite understood. I think he'd be able to be good and you know hit people, but he'd hit their helmets. That wouldn't work. But Luger was always seen as somebody that was just strictly in uh, wrestling for the money. Now there's nothing wrong with that. If you're in a business, you want to make money, mm-hmm. but you also had to love what you do. And I've always gotten the impression that Reigns. I'm not saying Reigns hates wrestling, but I don't know if he loves it. And that rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> because, I mean, I, talk, I talked about the last time that, you know, I, uh, that I called him on your show. You and I have talked for a few years. I've watched wrestling since 85. I watched it since War to Sell the Score at my friend's house. Mm-hmm. That's, that was the first show I ever watched. And I mean, granted, that had a whole lot less wrestling than <laughs> most shows would because <laughs> this was going entertainment. But that was stuff I watched. I watched Jim Crockett promotions. I watched Layer Days of the AWA, which is horrifying. But I've watched so many promotions, and I don't like it when talents don't seem to love the business. It's one thing to play a character where you're like, I don't care. Like, you got Baron Corbin. And Brock Lesnar, too, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, well, Lesnar doesn't like anything that involves him leaving his house. I mean, <laughs> or, or, not, or not hunting. Lesnar is a freakish athlete. I will say this much. Now, I dogged the match they had at Mania 31, him and Reigns. It was 100% better than I thought it was going to be. (laughs) But I think we could admit, at least I I think, I don't feel that Reigns was ready. And also the tug of war with the title right before Mania 31, I'm like, well, that didn't help. No, that was awful. Let's fight fight like two five-year-olds playing with a toy. I mean... But going to Mania 32, oh, God, but going to Mania 32, Reigns, they've been building Reigns, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, they've been building Reigns since basically, pretty much since they put him in the shield, but especially since about... 2013. The Rumble, yeah, 2013-ish, especially when, you know, when Pug talked about in his interview with Cole Cabana, 
that they want to make you got to make Reigns look strong. Hence, were the jokes make Roman make Roman look strong came, but um, the rumble that they had where he got over a little more organically. I think they I think the fans were just upset that Daniel Bryan wasn't in the rumble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they were caring for anybody to face uh, Batista, but. From about the time that you had where Reigns and it was the Evolution Shield feud, which is a great feud, it ended a little early, but it was a great feud. Yeah. You had uh, Reigns face right with Triple H, and that was what April or April or May? I think April, like early, late April, yeah, twenty fourteen, and the crowd. Yeah, day after <laughs> the, that, it was a day after Mania. That's right. I, I couldn't remember that. Some of that blends together for me, yeah. but they the crowd popped big time. Yeah, I mean and. But the thing is, is Reigns wasn't shoved down our throats. He wasn't made Diesel 2.0, mixed with John Cena 2.0. And now people are like, oh, he's a champion. Everything's going to be fixed. I'm like, you guys don't get it. He's been, this is the third time he's been champion in five months. Mm-hmm. And when he won the title, it was like just barely after four months of, being, of first becoming the champion. Yeah, it was five minutes. <clears throat> and the first time he only won it. And then the second time he won it, what, well, what, six weeks? I think six weeks, so like the Rumble. Yeah, seven right. weeks, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And and then he lost it, which, I mean, he needed to, because having him, like you said before in one of your videos, having him beat 29 other guys, where do you go from there? Yeah. yeah. But the problem is they booked themselves into a corner with him winning. They should have, I would have just had Dean Ambrose win at Survivor Series, have Sheamus cash in on him, you could have had him beat up Ambrose. You could have Reigns come out and basically challenge. Um, you could have had him challenge, uh, uh, you know, Sheamus. Reigns challenge Sheamus, and that could have led to the match at TLC. And then you could have just gone with Dean getting his title shot later down the road. Yeah, I would have only done that because then it wouldn't have made Reigns such a you know a three time champion within four months. Yeah, it's very Cena-esque, that's the thing. I feel like at this point, he's already a three-time champion. I mean, once he loses it, what's he going to do? I mean, it's a lot like... But I feel like Batista was more organically over when he kind of rose to superstardom 10 years ago because when Reigns loses the title, when Batista was the champion... for I mean, you look at yeah. his enti- the, in the entire course of his career in the main event scene, from 05 to maybe 08, 09, he, there was never a yeah. point where he wasn't competing for the championship, and I feel like Roman Reigns yeah, he, was trying to do the same thing. Yeah, but Batista, for, I mean, <clears throat> there are very few I can point to, especially in the Ruthless Aggression era. Um, and, I mean, even though the Ruthless Aggression era is packed with talent, very few for, I can pull from that or even the later Attitude era, besides Austin, Rock, and Foley, where Batista was more organically over than almost anybody I'd seen. Mm-hmm. The reactions he would get because... They built on now. I was something where stuff was a lot quicker. They built on that and planted the seeds for him to eventually turn on Triple H. That was well done. I mean, when he finally, I mean, I'm sure you've probably seen the episode back. Like, and I don't think it's on the network, but you've probably seen it back before. Where Batista does a thumbs up, thumbs down, beats up Flair, and throws uh, Triple H through the uh, table. The crowd went absolutely insane. You thought the roof was going to fly off the place. Mm-hmm. When Reigns beat up Triple H right after TLC and then won the title from Sheamus in the same area in arena that you know he uh, won the Royal Rumble and got booed out of the building, the way he was booked was different, silent, you know, deadly. I mean, you know, and not not shoved down our throats like, okay, he managed to do this. <laughs> but then they booked him. They went right back to booking him like shit. Like two weeks later, and he's not the underdog guy. He's too big. 
he's too, there, it's obvious he's the guy. I don't want to make it sound like I don't recognize, like you said yesterday in your video, Reigns is the guy. He's obviously the guy. That doesn't mean fans have to like it. That doesn't mean the fans should say that he needs to kill himself or his family needs to die, because yeah. absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> that's just too much. I may despise people like Lex Luger. I may not like the Bellas. I mean, I'm a little softer, at least on Bree now, because of the whole Daniel Bryan retirement, which I was there for, by the way. Mm-hmm. It was not a, let me tell you right now. Like, there, I, I don't know how it came across on TV. I don't know how loud it sounded. I don't know how loud the closing segment sounded. But, boy, I mean, there was not, if you had cut to anybody, 95% of the people in the crowd, not, there was not dry, ass, dry eye in the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone's just like we're, like, we're all like, we're all like talking about sex, we're like, we're not ready. We're just not. Yeah, but no. But Mania, Mania, I agree, was more about moments, and there's nothing wrong with Mania moments, but there were so many, and you, you said it, there were so many people who were saying on social media, I talked to no, almost nothing got accomplished as far as making <clears throat> new stars. Nope. Yep. Okay. Okay. League of Nations beat New Day. That that was unexpected, but I'm like, okay, they hadn't won a single match. You know, made for, they hadn't won a tag team base match. I think they won one singles match when it was like a single member of each team facing off, whatever, yeah, through dirty, through dirty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but still. You know, League of Nations had gotten one over. New Day had an incredible entrance. Okay, they lost. Okay, I, I wouldn't have had New Day lose, but whatever. Then League of Nations win. Okay, cool. Whatever. I mean, I, the group, like you said, is shit. And I, I agree, even though they're all talented. We've all looked horribly. But okay, they went. And then you have Michael, which Michael looked in great shape. Don't get me wrong. He looked in better shape than he did when he left in 2010. Yeah. Then you had Austin come out, and then you had Foley come out. And I'm like, you know, it, Foley is like, uh, and I'm, I obviously not as injured as Foley. Foley basically looked, walked and ran to the ring like me after a 10-hour shift. Much, <laughs> Just to give me an Foley. idea. That's Mick Foley. I mean, I, no, I love, I love me to Mick Foley. I do. But my God, I was like, why couldn't they have selected somebody else? Because I mean, fully, I'm like, oh, fully, fully. You're 50, wait, like 51 this year, I think. He's going to be 51. Well, I think reports said that it was supposed to be Batista, but I feel like even though Batista would have been a better fit physically, I feel like he would have been out of place because you have these two Attitude Era icons, you know, and Shawn Michaels and Shawn. That's it, you know, you know, and that's probably it, the Attitude Era. I didn't even think about that. I don't know why I didn't think about that until now. I mean, it's just, Michaels at least looked like he could still go a bit. Austin did. Oh my God! I mean, I was like, okay, um, all right. This this just crapped over everything. <laughs> I mean, it's mania. Neither the, the last time Austin wrestled was mania nineteen. The last time Foley wrestled was mania twenty two. I mean, he wrestled for like a few minutes at the twenty twelve Royal Rumble after his TNA run, which yeah, it it happened. Yeah, yeah. He was world <laughs> after after his. After his match with Sting at Lockdown 09, that was, I mean, which you did see that, right? Remember that feud they had? Yeah, no, that's when he won the world title. It's like, why? Why yeah. would you do that? It, I do agree, but it's like, it, their feud, see, I remember their feud from 91, 92, which I enjoyed. And people say, this was a lot like that. I'm like, it, it was 100% better than I thought it was going to be, but I'm like, but but they both can't climb a cage. Nah, it was, it was, it's like it was, trying to watch... 
It's like trying to watch me try to do jumping jacks now. And I'm only 35. <laughs> but maybe, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, there were so many weird things. I, I get Charlotte winning. You need to have a heel. But boy, Sasha should have won. That was like right there. That was right there to have her win. Yeah, I feel like they could always save that for SummerSlam, but I feel like, I mean, but the thing is that I was talking to RJ about this last night is that if you wait until SummerSlam, which is fine, if you want to do Charlotte, Sasha one-on-one, what does she do in the meantime? I know, you know, Becky's cheating with Emma, and they're kind of doing that, but in the whole eight-women tag team match they did last night, she was kind of an afterthought. Yeah. You know, that she lost all momentum that she had going into WrestleMania, basically. Yeah, see, that, that's, a, that's a baller name. He's like, because I'm like, okay, yeah, it's like you got, I said, you got Natty, who's, Underutilized, very talented. I, I want her to win a payback. I don't think she will. I mean, I'm just a big Natty fan. Paige, Paige got a huge reaction, which you would expect in the UK. <laughs> Becky got a big reaction, even well, despite the whole Ireland, um, you know, British thing. I think Becky's just over enough that she got that. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, Sasha got a good reaction. But yeah, like you said, Sasha was basically an afterthought. And then you had the other team over there where you like you had Charlotte, you had Summer, and then I don't know. I know you're big on Naomi as far as, like, uh, underrated. She's a good athlete, but it's, like, to me, they they need to rebuild. And I get attacked by Naomi fans a lot, basically because I just say, here's the problem. Presently constituted, she's not that good. It's not her It's not her in-ring ability that's the problem. But after her heel turn and after, like, what, Elimination Chamber last year, what did they do with her? Nothing. Nothing. Them put her in team bad. And they put her with Tamina, who, I mean, Tamina, to me, is like jazz. She's just, she's tough, but she's made of glass. Like, almost any time Tamina's around, there's like, okay, let's start a stopwatch on how long it takes her to get injured. I don't wish it, but she's always injured. Mm -hmm. Knee issue. She, well, no. I mean, it's like she's basically there because of, you know, her dad, which, I was a little surprised after that whole thing, you know, the new info came out about her dad. I was like, I'm not saying to me that she did the axe, but I could see them giving her that, but they didn't just let her contract run out and get rid of her. It's awful. I mean, she's 37, going to be, I think, 38 soon, so. Really? I didn't know that. I don't mean, I, I was shocked, too. I had to look her age up. <laughs> I do. She's at least 35, 36. I mean, I, could, I, I mean, to be fair, somebody like Gail Kim, who's almost 40, she's in great shape. And can wrestle, but <clears throat> yeah. So I want to make it like an age, you know, limit. But still, you got to focus on youth. Like I mean, Sasha, Sasha's twenty three, Becky's twenty eight, Bailey's twenty six. Yeah, want to say? Yeah, in mid twenties. Yeah, Alexa's twenty four. Charlotte, what the hell, is Charlotte? Charlotte's in her mid twenties, I think, or later twenties. Later twenties, I, I think. I think she's a yeah, I think later twenties. I mean, I feel bad for Natty because Natty has deserved better. I mean, it's like she should be more than just a one-time champion, but she can have great matches. I just feel bad because she's probably in the best shape of her career. Yeah. And I think should have been used better. That 10-women tag match that they had on the pre-show, I mean, even though half the crowd wasn't even in there yet, boy, I mean, when Eva Marie got tagged in, I'm like, oh, yeah, this was working. Get it her over the face. Yeah, we only about. Sense, yeah. I mean, uh, this is what I fear. Well, I don't know if I told you this. I'm going to the, uh, there's an NXT event uh, live in Seattle mm-hmm. uh, at May 12th. I'm going to be going there, and somebody says, oh, maybe you'll see Eva Maria go, yeah, I won't be able to talk afterwards. They'll be booing her out of the Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I don't, I want to make it clear, I hate Eva Maria, but I'm like, why, why would you have her and not just somebody, put somebody else up for developmental? 
is ready. Put Alexa Bliss. I mean, even though Alexa Bliss isn't necessarily ready, put her in that match. At least she's athletic. Well, you know the only reason <laughs> they put her in there was because the whole Total Divas tie, and that's really what Yeah, Total Divas. Right yeah. And, well, I mean, oh, I mean, I knew the reason. It was just ridiculous, because yeah, I'm just no, like... Yeah. Well, thank you, she's been off TV I'm, since then, though. My issue, Eva, people say, oh, Eva Marie's better than she was. Okay, she can step through the ropes without tripping. Congratulations. Yeah, Give yourself a gold star. That. You tried. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's horrible. She's gotten better, but she's still nowhere near main roster ready or even NXT well, Women's Championship ready. She'll, I don't think she'll ever be well, at that level. She won't. Well, I mean, well, also, people need to point out, people keep saying about, and I'll just, I'll just finish up about Eva Marie here, but people say, oh, she's like Trish Stratus when Trish started out. Trish was 23 years old when she started out. Lita was, what, 19, 20 when she started out? I mean, not in WWE, but... Yeah, in a wrestling career, <laughs> but, yeah. but Trish, let's just focus on Trish. She was a fitness model, but she was willing to take bumps. Different era. Men could attack women. I get that. They did not want Eva Marie to train as much. I mean, when they had her Survivor Series 2013 in that match, my God, it was one of the worst women's matches I've ever seen. Yeah, it was awful. Not, that, I mean, gr- I mean, granted, I mean, they they only gave him like five, six minutes to do all the eliminations, so no one could make that good. But Eva Marie is 31 years old. I mean, I know, and I mean, that may come as a shock to some people, but but she's 31 years old. She's a project that's going to take till at least 33. A lot of women at 33, 34 look to get out of the business. Look at Brie Bella. Bella's are what, 32? Well, she's already looking at doing, uh, not acting, but she's like, she wants to branch herself out. You know that is. She wants to go out and do other things like modeling and garbage like that. So she's she's definitely not a long-term project, I feel like. Well, no, no, but I mean, I'm just saying, if she decided to stick to the wrestling, I mean, I know she won't, but... She's at least, like, maybe outside chance, maybe at 34, she might be a little more ready. But it's like, yeah, I mean, at at 33. We're already going to have, like, a great crop of women by that point, too, you know? Even Oscar, Oscar, who I think is 36, 35, 36, I mean, whether she's just NXT and that's basically it, because there are some that are just strictly going to be in NXT, and maybe you'll come to the main roster for a little bit, and that'll be it. Because yeah. by 2020, by 2020, some of the people that have been signed by WWE, like, people like, and I'm not going to say Nakamura, but Nakamura's 36, so maybe by 2020 he's gone. I mean, I think his deal runs out of 2019, but that's way in the future. But women like Oscar, like you said, a great crop of women. Um, Dana Brooke needs to lay off the Cheeto dust and the silver hair paint, but <laughs> she does. I mean, it's like, and she's improved. She's, she's doing better in the ring than I thought she would. Her problems have gotten worse, but she's, <laughs> she's better in the ring than I thought she would be. Yeah. But I don't know, like you said about Raw, though, nothing of note on Raw. I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad episode. Though I felt the eight out of the two back-to-back eight-person tag matches. That was a bit um, weirdly placed, yeah. I thought that was weird. They did two. I mean, it was eight women and eight men, but still. I mean, I felt like both matches, I mean, they weren't bad, like you said. I felt like they can kind of go kind of be said for the whole episode they were well wrestled but they didn't really serve much purpose i mean natalia beating charlotte kind of made her look more like a threat i guess the eight man tag match was just kind of a waste of time unless they do new day and league of nations again which wouldn't shock me if bray's hurt now i mean what what are your thoughts on that what do you think they're going with the whole league of nations wyatt family and new day stuff going into payback this would be here's my thing like you could have braun and eric rowan you could if, if bray's got a calf injury 
you could have Bray out in his chair, in a rocking chair, cutting promos. You could have him doing that. I mean, if he could, because think about it. Think about what he did with his ankle. Remember what he did with his ankle, meaning at 31? It was like, or you could see him limping mm-hmm. to the ring, but trying not to. If he could gut it out through that, I'm not saying he should gut it out through a calf injury. If he can't walk, he can't walk. But have him cut promos, Raw SmackDown if you need to, not house shows. Roman and Braun as a big tag team not not being overexposed can be fine. I would almost say bring in somebody else to be a Wyatt family member or join them, but who are you going to bring in? Yeah, no one else really yeah, makes sense right now, yeah. The, well, the only person I could think of is somebody you aren't, you, you, I mean, you aren't down on, but you aren't high on, and he's somebody from TNA, and you know where I'm going with this. Who Bring in EY. Uh, Bring in EY. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I just think, do you think the fact that he's not a monster like the rest of them would work against him in that fact, or no? I mean, it, he's a it, much better it's worker. It's good. He's a good worker, and he, he's a good worker, and he is... He's crazy enough to fit in the Wyatt. I mean, and if Bray's going to be out for if Bray's going to be out for a bit, I mean, I don't know how long he's going to be out. Yeah, and he could just be out. Yeah, he could just be out a couple weeks. They could be just letting him rest. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, God, they don't need more injuries. As deep of a roster as they have, they do not need more injuries. Um. But what do I think? I think you could do Rowan and or Rowan and Braun versus like Rusev and Sheamus. You could just have it be a you know, you could just have it be that. You could have Del Rio at ringside, even though I think that'd be a waste of Del Rio. Yeah. Um, I mean, boy, boy speaking of talent, said wasted. I mean, that guy, at least that guy just came back for the money, but um, which I don't blame him. He's got a family to provide for. Yeah. But um, here's my thing. I would say, and I, I, you called it, and I think you're going to be right. I think the Bob Dylan will win the tag team tournament. Enzo and Cassidy like the Dudley. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Enzo and Cassidy the Dudley. So you got. The Dudley's costing Enzo and Cass. That feud's not over by a long shot. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. um, well, I, I just think, I mean, pretty soon they're going to have to split the Dudley's up. I mean, pretty soon. Because, I mean, I know they It's weird that they've been back for, what, eight months? Like, just after SummerSlam. So they've been back for about eight months. Yeah. And, boy, they already feel like an afterthought. I mean, this heel turn has done nothing to reinvent them. I mean, it's better than their face turn where they were just, you know, the a same goofy yeah. Dudley. Yeah, but I mean, ugh, I mean, it's just now, and I like the Dudleys. I mean, I popped huge when I saw them return and face off against New Day. That was great. Yeah. The problem is, is by... anything to keep them special. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, when they didn't win the tag titles, well, that was it. <laughs> New Day, I mean, if it's the Vaude Villains, I would not be opposed to the Vaude Villains beating New Day, and I only say this. Have the Vaude Villains beat New Day if they only hold the titles to, like, say... What, you got Extreme Rules and what, Money in the Bank and then Battleground? I think is how they're going to do it. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, have them hold it. You could have the Raw Villains do what they did uh, when they they won the titles, what, at Brooklyn, and then dropped them, like, in November to the Revival. I'm not saying bring the Revival up, but have them drop the titles, like, right after Money in the Bank. The Raw Villains can be transitional champions, but it's weird that, People picked on, oh, you know, Vince, Vince isn't pushing new stars and this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, Enzo and Cass and the Vaude Villains, two teams from NXT that were literally just called up two weeks ago, are suddenly <laughs> in the tag team tournament. You know, the nice. tag team tournament finals. Yeah. I mean, 
And I wouldn't have called that. I would have thought the Vaudevilles would win one match and then probably lose. I would have thought the Usos, even with their injuries, would make it to the finals. And then maybe Gallows and Anderson would beat them up again. But what do I think? I think you could see New Day. If you want to do New Day versus League of Nations, you got to hold off on that till after payback because you're going to have the Vaudevilles versus... Um, you're going to have the Vaudevilles versus... Or probably the Vaudevilles. I mean, you could have Enzo and Cass versus New Day. I mean, that would be some interesting mic work because you have New Day having fun and Enzo on enough speed to kill about five human beings. Mm-hmm. He's not on speed. I'm not vindicating he's on drugs. This is like the guy the, the guy that... I used to actually bleach my hair like he did. Believe it or not. My hair looked ridiculous. I did not have my hair as long as his, but I did used to bleach my hair like that. Yeah. Poor fine. I Boy, I, was, I, I wasn't young and needed the money. I was just young and stupid. <laughs> but, boy, I just... I'm trying to think about what they could do because they could probably that would that's where I would go though. I would have Rusev and Sheamus versus Rowan and Braun. Have Bray at ringside in a rocking chair, you know, because he can still get TV time and get over as a face. <laughs> yeah, like one of my friends said, yeah, he could get over as a face. He could get over big time, definitely, because he's wanted to bring down the machine for a while. And it's weird we haven't seen the authority for a while. I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the whole on the whole thing? What do you think they're going to do with Payback for the tag titles? I mean, like we've talked about before. I mean, with the authority, at, at least. I mean, I'm glad they're off TV. I mean, it makes no sense the fact that they God. just disappeared. I mean, it wasn't really explained after WrestleMania whether Roman Reigns like vanquished the authority or what would happen there. I mean, in storyline, it makes no yeah. sense. I mean, it all goes back to what we've been talking about for weeks. The fact that Shane's running Raw despite losing at WrestleMania makes zero sense. But it's hard to complain because the show's been better. But for the tag team titles, anyway, um. I mean, like you said, I completely agree. I feel like the best course of action would be to have Bray in their corner. I mean, Strowman and Rowan aren't the greatest workers on their own. I mean, without Bray and Hart in the picture. I mean, you have the two best members of the group out injured. But, I mean, I I still think it works. They did it in NXT a couple years ago. I think Bray had a nose injury or something like that. Like, we're going back to, like, 2013 here, but... He was out for a Yeah, week. no, no, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, and he managed those two, and they ended up winning the tag team titles. Not Strowman, but Harper and Rowan, they won the tag team titles. So you could do something like right. that. And I feel like it's a lot better than getting New Day in League of Nations again, which we've already seen a million times. And two, it would make no yeah. sense, because they beat him the night after WrestleMania for the tag titles, and they just beat him last night on Raw. So what would qualify League of Nations for another title shot? So hopefully that's where they go with it. Right. Well, I mean, I'm a little surprised. I mean, I don't know what they're doing with Barrett. I mean, I know he's not going to resign in June, but I'm like, has he? Did they just like banish him and they're just going to let him run out of his contract? Because I would have had him on. I would have had him try to attack League of Nations. Maybe face somebody like Del Rio at Payback. I, I you know, you get know what? Pay- now that you mention it, I mean, I would have been fine. Not even fine, but I think I expected, as many people did, as I'm sure you did too, that like you just said, I feel like they would have just let his contract run out, which they probably. Will at this point, if his contract's done in June, he only has two months. I, if we haven't seen him by now, he's probably not coming back at all. But I mean, like you said, I feel like the best thing they could have done. I mean, if they're going to do League of Nations, Wyatt family, but let's just assume that's off the table for right now because Bray's hurt. What they could have done instead yeah. was bring in Barrett last night, like you said on Raw in England. I mean, any other crowd probably wouldn't have cared, but because he's from England, he probably right. would have gotten a big pop. I mean, not. I mean, Del Rio would have been nice, but I love the chemistry that him and Sheamus have, which is, I mean, they've been, That's, yeah, you know, they, point, they've always yeah. had great matches, and Barrett's never been a babyface before, so at least it'd be something new, you know. So I don't know. I feel like that would have been one way to utilize yeah. on his way out. The only time he was somewhat a babyface was when he was doing the bad news Barrett thing, and oh yeah. god, he was getting cheers, cut off the blood from under him. Exactly. Why would you do that? Yeah, well, that's okay. just their mo more often than not, unfortunately. You see- 
you, you saw the Monday Night War 20-part series that WWE did, right? Yeah, it was really well done, yeah. Uh, it, it was. I mean, it's like it encapsulated a lot of my childhood, <laughs> a lot of my teenage years. But anyway, there's this one There's this one thing from Punk. It was during the Goldberg episode about when Goldberg's streak was broken. <clears throat> WCW always seemed to have a good idea and always, like, sticks himself in the eye. Goldberg was their guy, you know, and they just screwed it up. You know, Scott all that Goldberg with a taser. God, I hated that. Oh, God, I, I, could, I could do an entire show on stuff with WCW. But anyway, uh, Punk is like, that with a taser, good idea. No, not a good idea. But he says, when something gets hot, you run with it, you don't zap it with a taser. Cesaro after Mania 30. Um, Rusev going into Mania 31. Now, granted, we did get Cena's U.S. title run out of that and U.S. Open Challenge. But, boy, I mean, they just cut the legs out from Rusev. They cut out the legs from Cesaro, which made no sense. Yeah. And a bunch of people. I mean, even even Ziggler was really getting over in the end of 2014. Oh, no, I bring back the authority. Well, thanks, Cena. Um, you do realize that they actually couldn't have really injured Edge's back, right? That we knew that they couldn't touch Edge, right? Exactly, and, yeah. Well, okay, whatever, whatever. <laughs> This is like, huh? It's just... And then Rollins, I mean... Same God, thing. Rollins, you know what, though? Boy, I hope Rollins comes back soon. I mean, not before he's ready. I mean, but it's just... Yeah. I just hope he comes back soon. I think, <laughs> I think sooner rather than later. I think he'll be back. I mean, some people are saying May, but I feel like it's going to be closer to June or July, at least in time, yeah. at the latest in time for a SummerSlam match, you know, for the title, hopefully. I mean, I, oh, he'll be back for SummerSlam. Yeah, if he's yeah. already running and taking some stuff in the ring yeah. and taking some light bumps, he'll make sure he'll be back for SummerSlam. Yeah, now I'm not doubting that for a second. I feel like the match with Roman Reigns has to happen either at Battleground or SummerSlam. I mean, they could do something similar to what they did last year. And we all thought they would do Lesnar Rollins at Battle or at SummerSlam. They did it at Battleground to set up a bigger match for Lesnar uh-huh. at SummerSlam. They could do the same thing with Rollins and where they do the match where we think they're going to do at SummerSlam between him and Reigns, and they do that there, and they can you know set up Rollins and Triple H at SummerSlam instead. There's a couple different possibilities. It depends on whether he comes back in the face or not, you know. But at the, at the I same mean, time, I mean, right now with Roman Reigns as champion, and to answer your own question, because I know you asked me this last week or the week before. Do you think Roman Reigns, we'll kind of end on this, and kind of tying everything from Raw, you know, back together, we'll go full circle right. here. Do you think Roman Reigns is a lost causes champion, or do you think a heel turn and maybe an alliance with the Bullet Club guys and Gallows and Anderson would be exactly what he needs to get over as a heel champion right now? Right. I, do, I, I, do I think an alliance with Anderson and Gallows could work? I think it could have if Gallows and Anderson were on the roster more. It's not that people don't know them from New Japan. I know them from New Japan, and, I know, and you know, Gallows. Gallows is horribly underutilized in both Impact Wrestling and especially in WWE. God, the whole Festus thing was horrible. And the fake Kane, because yeah. he was a fake Kane. Yeah. God, that was terrible. God, that was a garbage storyline. But I think it could have worked if Gallows and Anderson had been on the roster since, say, the Rumble and had not shown an alliance really to anybody. You know, if it had been a few months to build, and it's we just say the Gallows and Anderson were going to debut at some point. Yeah, sure. There's a mystery there, but I, I think it would would it help Reigns? It will hurt Anderson and Gallows more than it would help Reigns. I only say that because Reigns, the one versus all thing. I mean, I'm not saying it's working, but you might as well just have the guy out on his own if you're going to do that. If you're let him do a sink or swim thing. But yeah, they could. They, I mean, they could align him with the bull club, and it could work. 
for a bit, but it would only work until Balor comes up and takes ownership, you know, and then beats yeah. up Reigns and then comes and takes the title. Because mm-hmm. they'll, they'll, they'll reunite. Styles, Balor, and, you know, Anderson and Gallows will all eventually team up. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that that's going to happen at some point. Yeah, that's the end game. Yeah, maybe versus the Shield. Who knows? That's possible, actually. I mean, you. I mean, you would. You almost have to add a fourth guy, though, if you're going to have four guys. Or maybe, but maybe you just put Balor and Gallows and Anderson or Styles with those guys. There's a lot That's of different combinations they could do. You know. That's they. They could do that. I don't know. I think you could have that. I mean, you. You could. It could work. Maybe. Do you think it could work with Reigns aligning with them or them aligning with Reigns? Only as heels. Only as heels. I mean, you yeah. have a great point. Yeah. Whether it could hurt them more than it could help Reigns, but I feel like. I'm not going to say Reigns is the bigger priority, but I feel like in their eyes he is just because they're trying to make him the top guy. They're trying to make him the guy, basically. Like he's been saying, I hate that line, but he's right. I mean, he is the guy. Oh, right God, now. I hate it, too. But, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah, I feel like it would be better. The reason I go with that, the reason I say that is just because if they do the payback match and everything we saw last night where Styles is saying, like, oh, I didn't know they were going to come out and attack you, whatever, and it's a swerve, and they were actually in it on it together, and... Styles goes heel. I feel like that would be cool, but at the same time, he's going to get cheered beyond belief in Chicago. I mean, it's not like this pay-per-view still oh, place in, like, Alabama or something where they're going to boo a heel. I mean, Chicago, they're going to... I don't know. AJ might get... AJ would get cheered in Alabama. You get, well, I don't know. Alabama, <laughs> Georgia storyline? Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. No, no, that's <laughs> maybe true. Not. I'm, well, I'm just thinking, like, a, a, a typically dead crowd or a casual audience. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a great point. I mean, Styles is so beloved that even in the... Crowd, I'm thinking like the smarky cities, but you make a good point. I mean, even like a crowd that's not as smarky, so to speak, I feel like even they would cheer Styles over Roman Reigns, which I feel like is the direction they're going in. They're going to cheer, they're going to turn AJ over Roman, which would just be asinine, just because he's not going to get yeah. he's not going to get booed before Roman. So we'll, we'll see. But when they tried to turn AJ heel and Impact Wrestling, Grants a different company and everything, but I mean, it's like he still got cheered for being the silent guy. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It just doesn't I mean, work. So. They're, they're kind of stuck with Reigns. I mean, they can't have him eat through all the talent, which is entirely possible that they will. Yeah. But, you know, because you can't kill everybody like Hogan did or Cena did. And, I mean, that's, or Triple H did from 02 to 04. <laughs> um, you just can't have that. But, I mean, at the same time, you got to have a balance. But Reigns, three-time champion, you've got to hold to SummerSlam at least. I think you'll hold it longer. Um, I know you said it probably won't, it won't last a year. It could last a Survivor Series, though. It could. I mean, I hate to say it, but it could. It'd be bad, though. Yeah, so are, we wrap, are we wrapping this up? Yeah, I mean, yeah, on that note, um, any other, you know, winding down thoughts? Any thoughts that you want to, you know, give away before we wrap it up here? I mean, it's just, you know, I, I'm, I'm high on the product as far as talent. There's been some fresh matches. This feels very WCW New Blood versus Millionaires Club like, where they introduce so much young talent. And there's nothing wrong with that, but they try to push so much young talent at once <laughs> that some fans know and some fans don't. And it's almost going to bite back because they have these veterans. Like they have Orton, granted he's injured. They have Cena, granted he's injured. But they have some guys like that. It's probably going to end up being like the Old Guard versus you know WWE versus NXT. And I don't know if Vince is going to allow NXT to get over. That's always been my number one concern. When everyone, when anyone has ever asked me whether we could see an NXT invasion, I've always said no, just because while the idea of it is cool, like in theory it could be done really, really well, but in execution with WWE anyway, they would not let the right. NXT guys get over it, especially with Vince in charge. Kind of going back to you know going full circle here and going back to what you were saying at the start of the show. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it would be Shades of the Invasion from 01. Like in theory, wow, that would oh, be amazing. God. 
But, you know, 15 years later, doing the same thing with NXT, you know the NXT guys are going to get squashed, put them in their place, oh, you guys are rookies, you know, they always do that, so, I mean... Well, well when, their biggest, when, their, when their biggest star was DDP and Booker T and yeah. the Alliance, I mean, that's all yeah. due respect to those guys. There's no Goldberg, no Scott Steiner, no Sting, no, no Luger, that Hogan, was good for yeah. Davis and Luger. But, well, no Hogan, well, yeah, I mean, no, no, no NWO, all that stuff, no way, you can't do, yeah. like, you're not going to have an invasion that's going to work. Yeah. It was it was and, beautiful, yeah. yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. God, it was bad. I watched it at 20 years old. I'm like, God, this is bad. Oh, yeah, it's, damn it. It's bad. Thankfully, <laughs> we are long removed from that. Almost coming up on the 15-year anniversary, which is scary to think about. And uh, I think in July, it'll be Invasion tw- pay-per-view, right? Oh, yeah. Almost, yeah, that, I mean, that would be the official, like, you know, kickoff of it, even though the Invasion, I think, happened like a month before. Yeah. We're almost coming up on the 20-year anniversary of Hogan's heel turn at Bash the Beach 96. Yeah, I think in early <clears> July, right? July seventh, uh, July seventh, two thousand two thousand or uh, nineteen ninety six. It's funny how I remember that first WCW pay per view that I remember watching vividly, and I was like, I was throwing stuff at my TV. Mm-hmm. That's how effective of a heel <laughs> turn it was. Oh god, people! Uh, I mean, you saw it. You, I mean, you saw it like on the network. All the trash in the ring. I'm like, Incredible. my god, people are pissed. Yeah, it's great. One of the greatest moments in wrestling history by far. It no is fantastic. Flip the script. Just amazing. Great stuff. But on that note, yeah. John, as always, it's great talking to you, and it's awesome to have you Oh, Graham, great talk. Always, always, my man. But before we let you go, your you know your plugs, where people can find you, your Twitter, your show, everything, man. Oh, right. Plug it for the people. Uh, yeah, my yeah my Twitter my Twitter at reborn again r e b o u r n e again. I have a, a YouTube podcast, uh, Real Honesty with John Ritland, John with two N's, Ritland R I T L A N D. There's a link in my Twitter profile, just click on that. Tweet me and ask me to send you a show. I'll send you one of my rants where I go off on fake fans and swear a lot. God, I swear a lot on my show. <laughs> always entertaining. But yeah, no, that's really about it. What's that? No, I said always entertaining, though. It is. Oh, I, I had a lot of fun. I, I probably should tell out a swear, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can never have a right, Graham, no, show. Yeah, no, yeah, I, that's true, but still, I tried, I tried to take it easy. Because if I like, after a while, it falls on deaf ears. you got to have a point yeah. to it. Nah, I hear you, I hear you. But anyway, John, thanks again for coming on the show, my man. I appreciate it. Great times, Graham. Take care. You too. Catch you on the road, dude. Yep. Yep. Bye-bye. All right, on that note, guys, once again, thanks to John for joining me here on the show. Great time talking to him, as always. And uh, that about does it for WrestleRant Radio here today. Now, we didn't really do a formal Raw review, but I think what we got instead was a lot better, just kind of an overall state of affairs in WWE and just the world of wrestling in general. Some history lessons and whatnot. So always great talking to John, as I said. Hopefully we have him back on in the near future. But on that note, like I said at the start of the show, I will be at NXT Lowell on Thursday. We should still be recording WWE C Radio on Thursday afternoon. We'll have an NXT post-show, SmackDown pre-show, which is great. Always fun to do. And then NXT Lowell that night. Um, we should be talking about the experience on the random video blog, or me rather. I say we, me and RJ, but probably just me on Friday. Um, so I'll probably be talking about that on YouTube, and that about does it. That about does it. So for my cheap plugs, you guys can find me on the Twitter at WrestleRant, on Facebook at Facebook.com, backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews on the YouTube as well, at YouTube.com, backslash C, backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews for hashtag AskGSM that John said. Um, the random video blogs, the WrestleRant videos where I review pay-per-views from the WWE Network, WrestleRant radio clips, WWE ECR clips, or WWE EC radio clips, rather. Um, a lot of content going up on the channel every single day of the week for the most part, so check it out. 
And that about does it. So have a great rest of your week, folks. We'll be back with an all-new episode next Tuesday, hopefully with RJ. We'll you know, find out soon enough, depending on whether he has internship or not. But until then, as I said, have an amazing week, guys. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews, and I'll catch you folks down the road.